Anyway, it is Mother's Day, so happy Mother's Day. Ladies, it's good to see you. Thank you. Yeah, that's good. Um, We appreciate you all so much. Uh, As kind of a disclaimer, I have to say that our passage that we're in today is not really like a traditional Mother's Day passage, right? I just want to let you know that. We are in Galatians, and Paul, as he's writing this, he does not even give one shout out to our moms. Uh, Come on, Paul. Weren't you thinking of Mother's Day? I think he had other things on his mind. However, however, uh, today it actually does apply because we are talking about carrying one another's burdens, (laughs) okay? And any of you who have kids, you know that your kids are the greatest little joy in life, but they are also probably your biggest burden, So uh, hopefully, maybe in that way, it can encourage you and encourage all of us uh, as we are the family of Christ, as we are brothers and sisters. Today, we will see how we can carry each other's burdens. So we are in a series, uh, actually, we're nearing the end of our series in Galatians. And we've been in this series for the last couple months called Only Jesus, looking at this book of Galatians and seeing what Paul has to say to the church, what he has to say to us And in the last couple weeks, in chapters 5 and now in 6, he's been kind of focusing on the freedom we have in Christ to walk with the Spirit. So he's been hitting that hard. Walk with the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. Live in the Spirit. Stay in step with the Spirit. Those are the words that he uses in chapter 5. And it's very clear that the expectation for us, as we are followers of Christ, we are to be following the Spirit. He's living within us. He's he's leading us into this journey, the spiritual journey that we have with Jesus Christ. So it's very, very important that we understand this walking in the Spirit. But some of us are still saying, but how do you do that? Like, that's great. That's great. We're supposed to walk with the Spirit. But how do we do that? Well, as we see through Scripture, there's, there's a lot that goes into that. So it's a hard question to answer. I mean, part of it is just, just keep your eyes on Jesus. You know, keep reading your, your Bible and keep praying and just letting him lead you, you know, little by little. Part of that, you know, comes as part of like how we walk with the Spirit. But, but there is another side of it, too, which we often call discipleship. It's following Jesus. It's an intentional way that we walk with Jesus, an intentional way that we are learning and growing and stretching ourselves to follow Jesus. So we talked about it last week, like this is part of our discipleship, how we come together and help each other do a few things. One, like walk and live in faith. Right? Faith doesn't always come easy. It's, it's hard. All right? It's trusting and, and uh, seeing, hey, God, are you worthy of my trust? Can I put my faith in you? And, and part of that we do together. We help each other to grow in our faith. Another aspect we talked about last week was serving one another, right? Serving one another with love. And there's an aspect of discipleship that we do that together. We teach each other and we learn together how we are to support each other, how we are to care for each other and, and love each other in a way that Christ calls us to do. And then there's that another area of, of striving towards holiness. And this is the one we think of probably the most or a lot. How do we live a holy life? Last week we talked about crucifying the flesh, right? And in crucifying the flesh, we are um, walking towards Christ and living a holy life. And we need each other for that too. 
We need each other to help us understand how we follow Jesus in a whole, with a holy life, how we grow in holiness. And so as we do these things together, the beautiful thing happens is that lives are transformed, right? The fruit of the Spirit starts growing in our lives, and we see our lives changing from the way they were yesterday to how they are today. So there's so much that goes into walking with the Spirit, but it all ends with transformed lives, taking us from sinners who live in the darkness to saints who live in the light, who look like and are following Jesus Christ. So today, we'll look at that. We'll continue this idea of how we walk in the Spirit and specifically how we serve and how we love one another, how we strive for holiness by loving one another. We're gonna, uh, I'm going to read this passage that we're into today, but as you hear it, you might think a little bit like it sounds like Proverbs, like uh, Paul is kind of leaning on King Solomon and giving just these quick little Proverbs. They seem unrelated, but as we walk through this, I hope that we'll see that we see them. there's a connection, that all these things are all about how we are to support each other, how we're to love each other, how we're to continue to walk towards Jesus together. So that's what we will look at today. So let's read this. I'll read it for us. We'll start in Galatians 25, and we'll move into chapter 6, and we'll end in chapter 6, verse 5. So here's where it starts. Verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying one another. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you will also, you may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions, then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else, for each one should carry their own load. Today, as we talk about this as part of our own discipleship, I hope that you will see and notice that walking with the Spirit is a humble journey that starts with a transformed attitudes and moves to actions as we help each other stay in step with the Spirit. So we'll talk about a couple things, two things that are transforms, our attitudes and our lives, attitudes and our actions. We'll start with the attitudes because, and that's what Paul starts with. I mean, before we get to the actions, it all starts with the heart behind it, right? So when we walk with the Spirit, our attitudes are transformed. So that's what, what happens during this journey. As we start this journey, walking with the Spirit, little by little, our attitudes our hearts are transformed, right? Our minds are transformed. Our hearts are transformed. Our actions. But here it starts with this transformation of our attitudes, uh, namely the fruits of the Spirit, which we talked about last week, right? We grow and we move from apathy to love, right? From unhappiness or being frustrated with so many things to joy, from anger to peace, from impatience to patience, from rude thoughts to kind words, selfishness to goodness, 
to being unfaithful and only caring about yourself to being faithful and caring about others from harshness to gentleness, from having no control to self-control, right? This is journey of changing and transforming these, these attitudes that we have. But here in verse 26, he says, if you're going to walk with the Spirit, then here's what happens. You cannot become conceited, provoking and envying one another. Let us not be conceited, provoking, envying each other. Why? Because that's not the heart of God. That's not the heart of the Spirit. And if you are following Christ, if you're in the church, or if you're in this community, these attitudes have no place. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on, on these things, because these, we've heard these, we know what these things are, but it, like, just being conceited. What is conceited? Right? Um, can, you can describe it different ways, but kind of the, the true form of this, it's, it's empty glory, a word we don't use today, used to, if you have an old translation, it would say vainglory, vainglorious, right? It, having this, this emptiness, nothing to, um, to back it up. He says, don't be like that, right? There's, there's no place for being conceited, to think more of us than we should, because here's why. When we look at our spiritual walk, when we talk about our spiritual faith, we have very little. You could say nothing that we add to this, right? That who started all this? It was God that put this in work, right? He was the one that said, here's how we're going to bring people and bring them into a relationship with me. And he sent his son, Jesus. Jesus came. He lived the perfect life. He lived the perfect death. He was the sacrifice on the cross. Then the Spirit comes in and brings him up to life, brings him to life. And he's the one that brings us from, from death to life, from darkness to light. It's, it's God. It's Jesus. It's the Spirit that's bringing this about. That's not anything that we have to do. We don't add anything to this. There's no place for conceit. And then provoking each other and being envious, those are not the attitudes that we are to have in Christ. Those things need to be transformed, and those things are transformed into humility. Understanding what God has done, and understanding that we have nothing to give, but how deeply he loves us. How committed he is to us. And how he's committed to your growth and bringing about this transformation in your life. God did it all to him be the glory. And so that's the first place we start with our hearts, our attitudes being transformed. Once those are transformed, we can move on to the actions. Right? When we walk with the Spirit, our actions are transformed. And it doesn't always happen one and then the other. These things, obviously, you know how life works. They go together. But this is that next part. That now Paul moves on as he moves on to chapter 6. He says, after our attitudes are right, now we got to get the actions. How do we treat each other? How do we care for each other? There's going to be three things he talks about. We restore each other, we support each other, and we carry the burden that we have. Okay, so let's look at those things. First, we restore. Instead of watching someone else walk away from God or just fall into sin, we are active in helping restore them to faith that they cried out to, that they put their life on. Look look at verse 1. It says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. 
Look at these. This is an important verse. There's a lot packed into this, right? He's saying that when someone in our community, one of our brothers and sisters, the people that we know that we love, when they fall into sin, that we need to respond. And you say, did Paul really say that? Did he say that we need to confront one another? Well, listen to the words. Does he use that word confront? He says, no. no. He says, you need to restore them, but restore them gently. Christians, we love that word confront, confront or confrontation. We love it. We say it a lot. Uh, it seems to me, like at least in my life, we said it a lot in those early 20s. That was like a real time of confrontation, you know? We've got to confront everybody, you know? But interestingly enough, like, he doesn't use that word confront. That word confront is used, at least in the NIV, it's used in the Old Testament a lot, right? Moses confronted Pharaoh, and these people confronted the king and all that. It was used a lot. Do you know it's not used in the New Testament? Instead, they use this word restore. And there's a big difference. I mean, confronting, like, that's something. You, you come in, you're strong, your guns are blazing and all that. You're confronting something. But to restore somebody is very different. Uh, for those of you in the medical field, it's, it's a medical word. It would be similar to like um, to, to take a broken bone and to set it, right? To take something that's broken and crooked and to set it straight. And you know that with uh, setting a broken bone, there's a lot of pain that goes with there, with that. But to do that gently because that's what is needed to help that person in the long run. So there's a place for restoration. But do you hear that word? He says, you need to restore them to Christ, but do it how? Gently. Fruit of the Spirit, right? It's important to know that, I mean, here's the thing. We are all going to find ourselves in this situation. We're all going to find ourselves uh, falling into the flesh, Right? We're going to hear Satan's voice so much louder than the Spirit's. We're going to get tricked or tempted. We're going to fall into sin. That's going to happen. Sometimes we, we recognize it right away and we jump right out of it, but sometimes we find ourselves in it. And it's then that we need our brothers and sisters in Christ to come on and say, no, that's not right. I want to bring you out of that. I want to help you come uh, get restored into a relationship with Jesus. We see that in other places. We see James talks about it too. And see some of these similar words. He says, brothers and sisters. If one of you should wander from the truth and somebody should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the air of his way will save them from death and cover a multitude of sins. It starts with care. Caring for one another. And, and caring enough to see that when that person is struggling, when that person walks away, when they fall into sin, that we care enough to do something about him. To, to find them and bring them back into a relationship. A couple months ago, uh, we had some friends over. And uh, when the friends were leaving, uh, we noticed that our dog, Molly, was nowhere to be found. We're like, oh, no, Molly got out. Like, how long has she been out, you know? So when we looked at all, you know, like there's four places in the house where she kind of hides. And we looked at all those places two or three times. She wasn't there. And so we're like, oh, no, now she's gone. And it had been a little while. And so, um, you know, some, uh, a couple of people went down the street. Some went up the street uh, looking for her. Um, you know, we're yelling her name and whistling, and she's still not coming back. And so I said, okay, 
I'm going to get the keys. I'm going to go drive and look for her. And I get the keys. I open the door. And there she is sitting on the car seat like, are we going for a drive? Are we going for a drive? Are you going to roll your windows down? Like, let's go. Let's go. You know, she was so happy. And I'm like, oh, man. Okay, we found the dog. Dog's in the car. It's okay. You know, earlier that day, we forgot. We went for a drive. She came with. And when everybody else got out of the car, she was probably under the seat looking for, like, Chick-fil-A, <laughs> you know, canisters or whatever, licking those things. We forgot, you know. It was okay. It was like, it was a cool night. It was fine. Um, I just have to set that as a disclaimer. It wasn't the summer, you know. Oh, we felt bad. But like, we care for our dog. We're going to go after the dog, right? Go find that dog. Like, how much more valuable are we, right? Do we care for each other, that when our friends are lost, when we haven't seen them for a long time, do we go out after them and bring them back and make sure they're okay and love on them that way? Some might object and say, well, it's not our business. Like, it's their own thing. It's not my business. But Paul's like, no, it is your business. Right? If you guys are family, if you're brothers and sisters in Christ, I mean, he's talking about this community. If one person stumbles, you go after them. It, it's not an option. He says it's a command. You do this. You go after them. Be in the business of restoring. I think small groups are a great place for this. That's why we, we encourage all of you to be in that. Be in a small group because it's a place where you can build trust, where you can grow together, and you can help each other during times like this. There's a right way to restore, probably a wrong way. We won't talk about the wrong way, but that's, you know, kind of like that confrontation style. All right, there might be a place for that, but here in this context, he's like, that's, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about gently restoring somebody. And, and um, it's important that we understand how to do this. Now, again, some people will object and say, well, what, you shouldn't, I don't know if this is your place. Uh, it doesn't, Jesus say, you know, don't judge others or you will be judged. You know, that's like a favorite verse. If anybody has any time in the church, any time in Christianity, they know this verse. Like, don't judge me. You know, it's not your place to judge. But is that true? All right, here's what I'd say. If somebody lives out, if they're not a Christian, if they, they say, I have nothing to do with Jesus, never have, never will, um, that's probably not our place to judge. Because we can't put them on our standard of living, Right? They never signed up for it. They never agreed. So that's probably a place where we don't judge. But what about in the church, people that say, yes, I'm standing with Christ. Yes, I'm going to walk with him. Yes, we're in relationship. For that, he says, it is okay to do this. But how do you do it? This is in Matthew 7. He says, you do it carefully. He says, he has that example of, uh, after he says this, he says, don't look at your friend who has a little piece of sawdust in their eye when you have a two-by-four in yours. Because that's hypocrisy. Right? You can judge, but first get rid of that two-by-four and then come and have a, in a relationship, help each other become like Christ. So in other words, you know, instead of like this person with this two-by-four saying you have a speck, go to that person and say, I have a two-by-four. I know it. I don't know how to get it out. Can you help? Can we help each other grow in Christ? That's the point, is that we continue to shape and sharpen each other, to help each other with those um, flaws that we have in our life, but to do it mutually, to do it together in relationship. Okay? So that's really the point. But how do we restore somebody? How do we have these difficult conversations? 
First, you got to prepare your heart. And that's not here in this text, but it goes without saying, like, we need to prepare our hearts before we have these conversations. There's a great verse, Psalm 139, 23 to 24. It says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. What a great prayer to sit on for three, four, or five days before we talk with somebody. To ask, Lord, to prepare my heart. Make sure I, I, I see myself clearly. Work in me first. And when our hearts are prepared, then we can have some of these conversations. But remember, it's in the context of family. Brothers and sisters, we're a family. We want the best for each other. And if we can't call each other brothers and sisters, maybe we should not be the person having this conversation. All right, so first, how do we have that? We remember the brothers and sisters. But the second thing is be gentle with each other, right? You who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. You who live by the Spirit means you, you who call yourself a Christian, you're walking with Jesus, you're walking with the Spirit. If that is you, and if you're going to restore them, do it gently. Martin Luther, who's not known for, in his writings, for being the most gentle person, there's a, a letter where he's writing a pastor. The pastor's very concerned about one of the members of his church that had been walking away from Jesus. And Martin Luther wrote this. He says, here's my advice to you. Run to him. In reaching out your hand, raise him up again. Help him up. Comfort him with sweet words and embrace him with motherly arms. There's our Mother's Day passage, right? Saying, but run to him. Lift up your hand. Not to hit, not to confront and smack it out of them, but to lift that person up. Speak soft, kind words and put your arms around them. Love that person like a mom would love her kids. That's how we care for people. Not yelling at them, not, you know, how dare you, how could you, don't you know better than this? All those things we want to say, but as we are led by the Spirit, those things move away, and then we're able to be kind and gentle and help people. So be gentle, but also, he says, watch yourself. Watch yourself, he says, but watch yourself so that you, or you may also be tempted uh, what's he mean by that? Uh, I think here's what he means. It's the goal. If we are to restore somebody, the goal is that we both move towards Christ. All right? It, it's, it's no good if one person moves towards Christ but the other person doesn't, whether they're tempted or whatever. This could mean several things. It might mean the heart's not prepared. So when you go to restore them, you get an argument, you start yelling, you start saying things you shouldn't say, and you cause more damage. That is something you got to be aware of. Or if this person is struggling with somebody, maybe, maybe it's an addiction that you struggled with before, right? To go help that person, but now you fall back into sin, that's not ideal. Or maybe you actually help this person, and you do such a good job, you start to like, I'm so good at this, all right? I'm so good, and you start to build this pride, which takes you away from the Lord. Like, that's not good either. So all of these things, the point is, is that we come to restore people so that we can all grow more like Christ. We can do it together. So just watch your heart. Watch 
your attitudes within, right? So we want to build up the family. We want to bring people to Christ. We do it with love, all right? So we restore. What else do we do? We support. We support. Instead of watching someone struggle in life, we compassionately come along to carry their burdens. Look at verse 2. It says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you you will fulfill the law of Christ. All right, burdens are reality in our life. We're going to have them. Jesus tells us, in this life you will struggle, right? It is part of life, right? We're going to have these things. Sometimes they start small, and they kind of grow and grow, and all of a sudden it's this heavy burden. It might be related to physical health, right? Illnesses. Something that starts small, but it, it gets big. Uh, it could be mental health, right? It could be financial cares and concerns. It could be family members, you know, relationships. Maybe it's demonic oppression, spiritual warfare things. It's children, spouse, all kinds of things. There's so many things that can become a burden to us. But what really defines it is this kind of a burden, like carry each other's burdens. It's when the burden is so big that we just kind of stall spiritually. We just kind of stop. Just whether it's intentional or not, we kind of just push the pause button. And we, we just can't move anymore. Maybe it means we stop coming to church. That might be it. Or maybe we come to church, but there's just no spiritual desire, no spiritual life, because we're just overwhelmed. We're just overwhelmed in life. Have you been there? You know what that's like? I mean, many of us have, and if we haven't been, we probably will. We have these burdens, and we need the help of others. Now, some of you may object as well and say, well, I cast my cares on the Lord, Right? I put my cares on the Lord and he will sustain me. That's what Psalm 55 says. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. So I don't, I don't need others. I don't need to let them into my business. I wonder if that's how Moses felt when he cast his cares on the Lord. And he was saying, I can't handle these people anymore. They are driving me nuts. All right, it's too much. I'm overwhelmed. And you know what, what God did? He brought in his father-in-law Jethro. And Jethro came and said, you can't handle this. You can't do this alone. You need to delegate. Let's build a system to help you. He cast his care on the Lord, but God brought him, uh, his father-in-law, into life to speak into him. Paul had the same thing, too. In 2 Corinthians, he says, ah, we were so overwhelmed. All right, we were just in over our heads. Right? We were struggling. We were discouraged. There was fears around us. But then God gave us Titus. I'm sure. Paul gave his cares to the Lord, but then God said, but here's how I'm going to help you. I'm going to send Titus to you. So yes, I hope that you cast your cares on the Lord. Bring your burdens to the Lord, but let him bring people into your life to help you carry those burdens. All right, this is also another command that we just do it. We just carry each other's burdens. So two things. I mean, as a group, as a church, we need to be aware that there are people that are struggling. There are people that are just, this is overwhelmed. And we need to look and we need to see, not to judge or anything like that. We've already talked about that. That has no place with pride and stuff like that. But, but to come and support them, 
Right? We need to be aware of that. But on the individual side, too, we need to be ready to say, there are people around who can help, and I need to let them into my life. It doesn't mean you share it with everybody, depending on what it is, but who are those people that you trust, that you know, that you can let into your life so they can help carry these burdens? It goes both ways. He says, if you do this, when you do this, you fulfill the law of Christ. You fulfill the law of Christ. That sounds great. What does that mean? Well, think of what Jesus said. When Jesus was talked about uh, a new commandment I give to you, what is it? Love one another as I have loved you. He says, my command is this, love each other. So there's, uh, when Jesus says, I'm giving you this new command, I'm giving you this law, the law is that we are to love one another. He says, when you carry each other's burdens, when you go out of your way to talk to somebody, to hear what they're going through, to sit with them, and to help them get back up, when you lift that burden, it might be two of you, it might, you might need four or five, ten people to carry that burden, however big it is. When you do that and you start moving and walking again with the Spirit, you are fulfilling the law of Christ. And that's what I want for all of us to be able to do. And so maybe a good prayer for us is to say, Lord, help us to have the eyes to see the burden. Help us to have the heart to come in and actually care and support each other. Help me not to be too busy, not to see these things, but just to be attentive to the needs of my brothers and sisters. So for us, who is your neighbor? Who are the people in our lives that are carrying this burden and how can we help? Or if you are carrying that burden, who are those people that you can reach out to and just say, I need a little help right now? That's fulfilling the law of Christ. We restore, we support. The last one says we carry. Right? Instead of boasting about our greatness, we are to walk with the Spirit and carry our own load. What does that mean? Look at the verse 3 and 5. It says, If anyone thinks there's something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions, then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else, for each one should carry their own load. Okay, what is this? Are we, are we supposed to be uh, not prideful or are we supposed to have pride? Are we supposed to like let people carry a burden or do we carry our own? Like, what, what, is it? what are you talking about, Paul? This is where it kind of like, you have to unfold a little bit of this. All right, but here's, here's what he's saying, uh, how I would describe it. Like, don't think of yourself so great spiritually, right? We already talked about that. God has done all that, right? We're not these spiritual giants. So don't think about that like you're above all this. But on the other side, don't think you're too low. Don't think you're this like spiritual worm. I got nothing to offer. Woe is me. I got nothing. Like walk with the Spirit. As you walk with the Spirit, God changes your heart. As he's changing your heart, you're able to help people. And when you do that, it feels good. All right, it's not this pride thing, I'm so great, but it's just, it's the right feeling. When we're helping each other, carrying burdens, when we're helping restore our brothers and sisters, it feels good, and that's natural. That should be the feeling that we all have. We should have this great feeling of like, I, I was with my brothers and sisters, I'm helping support them, I'm doing what God has called me to do, and it feels good. So we do that, but then it also says 
that we all have our own load to carry, right? It says, carry, each one of you should carry your own load. So what is it? You, people, they have to carry the burden or I carry it myself. It's two different words in two different concepts. He's kind of giving both sides to it, right? And the first side, he says, there are times when you are just so overwhelmed that you can't carry, you are stuck, right? And you need people to help carry that burden. But all of us, and that's like this, like, it's like a semi-truck, you know, load, so, but this one, you all have your own load. That's like a backpack, right? It's a heavy backpack or whatever. Maybe it's 10 pounds, maybe it's 30 pounds. But you have a load to carry. Not everything is like we had to call 911. Not everything is call the National Guard, right? We don't, there are certain things in our lives that we just have to carry. There are times when we need to reach out to our small group and say, I am overwhelmed. You know, can I get help? And yeah, let us, let us bring meals and all that. But that's not every day. Right? We don't need every day to have our small group bring, bringing us meals, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner and all that. There are times when we just got to, like, you have a burden, you carry it. Right? Life is hard. Life is tough. We've all got our things. So get moving. But remember that sometimes those small loads become big burdens. And that's where we need to continue just to help let others into our life to support us. There's a great um, scene in The Lord of the Rings, the third one. If you, if you, you know, stuck through the 10 hours of the first two and you got to the third one, you know, way back um, near the end, there's a great scene where Frodo and Sam are together and they are climbing Mount Doom um, and they're just stuck. Uh, Frodo cannot move any further. He is on the journey to take this evil ring and to throw it in the fire of Mount Doom. But he cannot go any further. He's gone as far as he can go. But his friend Sam is there. And Sam kind of looks into his eyes and says, Frodo, remember back home? Remember going back home in the Shire? And he starts naming off people and things and remember being back home eating strawberries and creams do you remember all that let's let's finish this job and go home and Frodo was like I can't remember that I can't taste it like I'm I got nothing and that's when Sam looks at Frodo and he says Mr. Frodo I cannot carry the ring that's your job but I can carry you and he takes him with all his strength, he picks him up, throws him on his shoulder, and starts going up that mountain to finish the job. You know, some of you have burdens, and I can't carry that burden, and nobody here can carry that burden for you. But the beautiful thing of the church is that we can carry each other. We can support each other. Today's Mother's Day. It's a great day. It's a fun day. Right? There's a, a great day to just stop and honor the moms in our lives, to say, I'm sorry for the burden I was. <laughs> you had to carry me all these years. We love you. We support you. It's a good day. But our moms carry a burden, right? Every little kid has a burden. And we as a church, we get to support that. We get to carry that. Right now, there's probably 100 kids with our, from the nursery all the way through 12th grade about 100 that come to this church, where our volunteers, our people are saying, we're going to support you. 
We're going we're gonna to hold those little babies so that you as a mom can just have a, an hour <laughs> just to sit in here and just to, to receive. We're, there's, there's teachers in our, in our toddlers and, and up through elementary that are saying, we are going to commit. We're going to sacrifice our time during our week and on Sunday so that we can teach them God's word. We're going to come alongside of you and support that. There's youth leaders in there that are taking our youth and leading them and showing what it means to walk with Jesus. Like all these people, we're, we're here to support you. Do you remember when we have child dedications? And we put on the, you know, we dedicate the child. But we ask you, saying, you as a church, will you come alongside? Will you support? Will you teach them Jesus? Will you introduce them to their Savior? And we say, I do. That's part of our job, that we come together to support our moms. There's some of you that are carrying another burden. When you look back at this, being a mom, it's, um, it's not always what you thought. Or some of you, you look back at your mom and it wasn't exactly what you thought. There's maybe some um, difficult feelings. Or, or maybe your mom is no longer living and there's some strong feelings there. You carry a burden. For some of you, uh, you just, you have this desire, you have this great desire to have children, but God has not allowed that right now. And that's a burden you carry. There may be others that say, I just, I just want to get married. I'm ready. But it's just not happening. And you have that burden. I guess there's so many burdens that we carry. And like I said, I can't carry those burdens, but we can carry you. Let us be a church that as we walk with the Spirit, it means that we love one another so much that we care. That when someone falls down, we're there to, to restore them. To point them towards Jesus. To just saying, I'm going to be here. We'll get you standing up. We're going to keep moving together. When someone is just overwhelmed and they can't carry the burden anymore, uh, we say, we'll come alongside. We'll help. We'll love you, pray for you, do whatever we can, advice, connect you with other people. We're here for you. And knowing that we all have a burden, we all have this load that we carry, and so let's encourage each other. Say, don't give up. Let's keep moving. Let's keep walking with the Spirit. Let's keep continuing to let him shape our hearts, our attitudes to look like the fruit of the Spirit so that we can glorify God in the day that we meet him face to face.